Welcome, welcome to the last month of the craziest fucking year of our lives. Hello, I'm Mallory Porter. If you don't know, I'm the host of Bitch Prince Podcast, and I'm here for all of your mental health and self-care when it comes to navigating this insane world and working your ass off, whether you're in a corporate office or a creative and just being a badass career woman. I am burnt the fuck out. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure you would agree. This episode might sound like a little bit of a podcast therapy session. I don't know. It's 2020. I don't know. The end of the year is nearing. And even though we, of course, still aren't going to see family because our family is in not only another state that requires a plane ride, but Indiana, where shit's spiking. Yeah. Spiking right on up there. Yeah, Midwest. Way to go. We are in Phoenix, so we still at least have the lovely weather, and so I have a lot to be thankful for. Even though, guys, I miss my mom. (laughs) I miss my mommy. But it's cool. It's cool. She's probably going to be planning a trip to visit in February with an RV. Oh, yeah. My little road trip and mama is going to rent an RV and take a two to three day road trip with her husband to visit, potentially. Hopefully it happens, but we'll see if her sanity lasts. I don't know. Christmas and Hanukkah feel a little different this year, not just because of doing everything virtually, but definitely it's kind of been a little less stressful in terms of the holidays because there's not a bunch of gifts to buy or parties to attend or outfits to plan or meals to make for any kind of potluck. So I have to admit, in terms of holiday stress, it's been pretty chill over here. And I cannot believe that we're almost done with Hanukkah and Christmas is next week. I It literally blew my mind. I thought it was at least another couple weeks away because I really haven't had to do anything and go anywhere, obviously. So kind of strange. But the end of the year work stress is definitely there. And I know we've got vaccine in the future, hopefully the near future. So we don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel, but we at least know that we're more than halfway through at this point since there's some kind of glimmer of hope. I I don't know how to, you know, make that into a metaphor, but we're getting there. I know for me, I had a lot of, as this year closes, goals. And I'm sure a lot of you had goals as well of all these things you wanted to accomplish this year. A lot of those went out the window once March hit. And then I know there's some of us, including myself, who then reassessed our goals and thought, oh, okay, if I'm going to be home all the time, I'm going to be so GD productive. I have so many things I'm going to do now, so many creative projects. Some of us put a lot on our plates, knowing that we would be home more and definitely underestimating our mental health and the stress of going through a pandemic for what are we at nine months now? That makes a baby. (laughs) We could create an entire life in the time we have been in quarantine. So I'm here to first off tell all of you, if you haven't seen enough on all the positive Instagram posts that all these different accounts are posting, which I'm not saying to stop. I have to make fun of things, but please continue. I need them daily. Please, please, please. To pair with them, you guys, ladies, 
You do not have to end this year measuring your success by your productivity. I started this year off strong. I wrote at least three chapters to a book I'm writing that's going to be 10 chapters, and I'm still on the fourth one. So I haven't reached my goals for sure. This podcast was one of my goals, and you know, I haven't been perfect at it, but I definitely consider it a win, especially since we're on the second season because it's my creative project and I make up how many episodes I need in a season and how many seasons I want to do. It's all fucking made up. So (laughs) this is the structure that I created based on my own mental health and ability to be productive. (laughs) But if you have all these goals, I know I had a ton. I had definitely a goal to get more fit. And while I did work out five days a week for 30 minutes to an hour for about four and a half months, I also still needed cheese and wine on the regular. So I'm real toned, but (laughs) didn't lose a pound, folks. (laughs) And that's the reality. We always talk about balance when it comes to self-care. You know, that buzzword from a couple years ago of a holistic lifestyle. I did quotations in the air, which you can't see. But we still do always try to find the balance because self-care isn't just bubble baths and naps, although naps are definitely self-care. Self-care is finding the balance the best way you can. It's never going to be a perfect balance that you can do what you need to do and do what you want to do and take care of yourself without going insane or getting too overwhelmed and ending up having a panic attack like I almost had at the beginning of this week. Ha! So if you had all these goals this year, I want to remind you it is okay you didn't complete them. I didn't complete definitely mine. I didn't even get halfway through the book I want to write. I definitely did on a positive note, which I hope maybe this helped you. What this quarantine has given me has not been productivity, but it has given me a lot of internal soul searching, which I think is why we've seen a lot of explosive shit also happening this year because some people just can't handle being alone with themselves and don't know what mental health is, have never heard of a therapist and still think it's for sissies and don't know how to actually navigate what's going on in their own head to a degree that none of us on this podcast even know because we're here listening to this podcast about self-care. They don't even know what that would actually mean. And we've seen that manifest from all these minds of people being forced to sit with themselves. And for me, since I'm familiar with self-care and therapy, a really good thing about this quarantine is that even though I haven't been productive, it helped me sit with myself and try out new mediums, like some watercolor, not like good watercolor, but like just trying out some basic watercolor and realizing where I was spending my time and where I really do want to be spending my time actually. And it made me realize the things that I want to focus on and my next creative projects that I really want to spend more time on and that I truly want to do next. It helped weed out some of the noise of all these ideas in my head and made me realize 100% what I want to focus on with my creative project, which is a book and a hopefully a little poetry thing with some watercolor. (laughs) We'll see. But, and this podcast, of course. So those are my top three. And it's been difficult for me to, because I'm not 100% like great or an expert at one thing. I call myself a Renaissance woman because I like to dabble and I'm good at a lot of things and I enjoy so many things. And so 
because there's not only one thing I enjoy or only one thing I'm great at, it's definitely hard for me to really choose what to spend my time on and what in six months I will still actually want to be spending my time on. Because once you make that decision, it's like, all right, I'm gonna spend all this time on it, but you could get halfway through the year and be like, fuck, I don't even wanna do this. My priorities have changed. And that's fine. But it got to a point for me that I didn't want my priorities to change. I really wanted to find something that was truly fulfilling. It's productive, it's putting my work out there into the world, but it is fulfilling. And spending, being forced to spend all this time with myself did at least help me really pinpoint what creative projects that matter the most to me and actually don't always feel like work because they make me feel good inside. Because, you know, work is still work and you're not gonna find something that never feels like work, but they give me fulfillment back when I do them, when I feel comfortable doing these, you know, different projects. When I feel ready and in the headspace to be productive, they feel good to do and complete. And I like that this is on my journey and on my road to complete. With your creative projects, you might have some that have weeded out and that you're still thinking about doing, but I'm here to say if you haven't spent enough time with yourself, spend some time with yourself. The joy of this pandemic, which white, whoa, pause, might sound fucking terrible to most of you. Like there's no joy here. Not trying to rain on some like toxic positivity. But there is a joy in boredom. We've talked about this. We've talked about the Victorian era a lot and how, you know, that's influenced me a lot in general, but with my creative processes and friendships, but, you know, they were just bored. They literally had like a culture of boredom. And because we've been bored in this pandemic, it has forced us to pick up new mediums and to really see what we truly enjoy. Because in reality, when you do have a full life and you can go places and travel for work and hang out with people during the weekends and you have so much on your list, you literally have to force yourself to sit down and try to be bored, which is like an oxymoron, and try new mediums. And so I have to say, even though this has been mentally straining, I have found joy in my boredom with this pandemic and actually been genuinely bored probably for the first time since college. Like I loved the boredom that I had in college that you just could sit there and want to create and you know, you had all this extra time and it's the first time I've had it in what, seven years? And it's felt good. And so I'm not here to spread toxic positivity. I'm here to say that I hope even though you don't, maybe have you haven't moved forward in your creative projects, that you realize that the boredom has at least shown you the direction you want to go. And that is a freaking win. And I hope you've had time to be bored because honestly, sometimes it is a privilege to be bored. That is honestly a privilege. Some people will never be able to be bored because they have to continue working for, you know, money for their family, etc. So it's been a privilege to be bored. And I have to end this year for myself with some kind of positives, even though my heart hurts because I miss my family and there's been a lot of lonely moments. But there's all, even even with my amazing husband and we've definitely grown in our marriage and done therapy and it's that's been wonderful and I wouldn't have wanted to do this pandemic with anyone else. My goodness, he's my best friend. But you've got to find the positive with your creative projects to continue in this next year. 
And that positive does not have to be your production. Your production and your productivity, that does not determine your worth. And yeah, maybe your corporate job might say different, but here's the deal, it doesn't. And you deep down know it doesn't, and we've been force-fed to believe that it does, but it doesn't. So my win for this year is that I've outlined what creative projects within my boredom would I really want to commit to because they fulfill my life and they bring something to my life and my soul and my heart and my mind. There are some tasks that are like therapy while I'm doing them, but I'm also creating stuff that I hope to sell one day. It's, it's amazing. So I hope you have found some joy in that privilege of boredom and know where you're going next. So I want to talk about then... We are going to enter the new year soon. I've definitely been really burnt out. My work has not slowed down at all. Um, I thought there were many areas when it would slow down and there's been, it has, it has not slowed down all year. So I, again, I have to be grateful for that and that I have a job, but I'm super, super burnt out. So I don't know if anyone noticed, if anyone listens to this podcast this frequently, but Raise your hand if you didn't have an episode last week. Hey, that's me, hand way high in the air. (laughs) I don't know if I have anyone that listens like this frequently or every Wednesday, you know, whatever. I I do this for me just as much as I, I do it for other people. So I am not doing it to just, you know, have a million people listen. I would love people to listen because I want to help people, but you know, I'm not necessarily here for the listens. With that being said, though, I mean, you know, if you want to, like, get on iTunes and rate and review, like Small Town Murder says, like, you you don't have to type anything substantial. You could type, you know, I love sushi and give me five stars. I don't, I don't fucking care what you say. Send me a nice funny message. Surprise me. Shock me. Literally don't care. But if you want to rate and review, that would be freaking amazing. I would appreciate it so much because I do think this brings something to the table. So, go to iTunes, rate and review, send me a funny message. Doesn't have to be something you think of. It could be gibberish. I don't care. Make me laugh. Everyone could use a freaking laugh, but rate and review and feel free to, you know, follow me on Instagram at Mallory.Blaine, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot (sighs) B-L-A-Y-N-E. But anyway, I do this podcast both for myself and hopefully I'm putting something good out into the world, but I'm sure nobody noticed that I didn't post an episode last week. I literally have episodes ready and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't record. I couldn't hit that record button. I had done the research, but I just did not have the energy to be someone on a microphone. And normally I find so much therapy from just talking to this microphone and, you know, indirectly you guys, but I just did not have the energy in me. I was so burnt out last week, almost had a panic attack, and I had a lot of anxiety with my job and all the work on my plate and some of that situation. And for me, I'm used to depression. I'm not used to anxiety. So I don't always handle it internally the best because I just don't, I don't know how to handle it as well. I've literally gone to therapy since I was 16 to, you know, have behavioral coping mechanisms for my depression, but anxiety is just a whole new feeling for me as an adult, and it definitely hit me upside the head last week, so I didn't have an episode, and I mean, that's the joy, I guess, of making your own content, and that's a great example of self-care, you know, as a career-driven woman. I love this freaking podcast, but I had to say, you know what? Not today, so this episode, that's what we're going to focus on is 
how you can make time for those creative projects that in this shit year you've realized actually do matter to you because you've been forced to find things to make you happy because there's nothing else making you happy this year besides your own efforts. And so you've been forced to find those happiness items in your boredom. So I want to talk about not only how to make time for those types of creative projects when you know, you work 40 hours a week or more. How do you find time for what you really want to do, but then also still have that self-care? You're not completely going in to burnout mode because I'm sure it's a different story for some of you that are like really gunning to start your own business, but I'm not necessarily talking your own business. Of course, I'm talking, you know, to a lot of creatives that, you know, if you do artwork or if you're a director or a producer, creative projects are your fucking business. But I really want to focus on that creative project term. So not the business side, but the creative side. Because in the end, we have to be able to create. I know we need to organize and things behind the scene. But I want to focus on how do we do the creative passion projects that we love when we're working our asses off in the meantime while still practicing self-care. The biggest thing is you have to find the why. You have to find the why that you want to be doing this creative projects. And again, that's what the boredom of this year has helped me do is it's helped me find the why in the projects that I want to do. And when I couldn't find the why, I dropped those kinds of projects and goals. I realized they actually weren't for me. Maybe it sounded cool and I kind of wanted to be someone that did something like that or produced that or created that. But the why wasn't strong enough. The why shouldn't just be, oh, because this is cool or, well, I just want to be someone that that does this. I don't really like it or want to do it. I just want it to be like on my docket like no you need to find a deeper and truer why once you find your why and you've kind of outlined your creative projects of what you want to do you got to be honest with yourself you have to be honest with yourself about a couple things one is kind of what comes naturally to you and this ties back to kind of how you're finding your why is you need to look at projects that there is some natural, I don't want to say talent, but want there. There is that why. There is that want. For instance, I'm not like terrible at drawing. I'm pretty good, but like I'm not great at drawing. I'm not great at watercoloring, but I've always wanted to explore that medium and I'm not so shit at it that I can't try, especially if I just like admit I'm not great, but I'm doing it because it brings me joy. And that does come naturally to me. And so that's part of my creative projects this year because I'm not an, I'm not an expert at it. I'm not saying you can only do things that you are totally talented at. I'm saying find things that come naturally to you that you actually want to do them naturally and that they interest you naturally and that you are somewhat, you know, sort of good at naturally. So you're not just like completely starting from scratch just to help yourself. (laughs) And then you've really got to be honest about your time, time freaking management. I'm really good at time management when it comes to work. When it comes to my own life, that's out the window. (laughs) You have to forgive yourself. Part of the joy of being able to do your own creative projects is that it's on your own time. So 
with what I'm about to say, you know, take it with a grain of salt that you need to still be flexible with your own time. This is a creative project. It's a passion project. And yes, sometimes when you don't 100% want to do something, you still got to do it. But if you're really feeling super anxious from your job, like I was last week, or if you're super down about something else in your life, or you're just simply not feeling that productivity and you need a recharge and your body is screaming for recharge, it's your time. Be flexible with your own time and forgive yourself and don't put so much pressure on yourself and realize that it is your time. So sometimes time management is saying, you know what? I need a break. I need to practice self-care. I need to recharge. I got to be flexible with myself and not make myself try to stick to this insanely rigid schedule because that definitely is going to kill your buzz in a creative process. And in your creative processes, you know, it's again, it's a balance of finding where your productivity meets your inspiration You know, it kind of falls into like, I don't necessarily believe in luck. Luck is where hard work meets opportunity. And a successful creative project is where your creative inspiration meets your productivity. You can't just be productive all the time and then you'll just kill your creative process and your creative skills. But if you only do it when you're feeling super inspired, you're probably not going to finish anything because when do we feel super fucking inspired like all the time who who really feels that muse on their shoulder constantly I fucking don't so you've got to find where those roads meet and then be flexible with yourself you have to also you know of course the organization is huge but I'm not even kind of saying organization in the sense of make sure your workspace is organized, blah, blah, blah. I'm speaking of it more in a time management. So when you're ready to start a creative project, just start small, start tiny. You don't have to plan exactly how this is going to go, write an entire script. I mean, fuck, anyone that directs something knows that a script gets changed a million times and super last minute and literally right when the actor's acting. You need to start small and slowly build up. You know, the little tasks lead up to big tasks. Because if you start with, this is what I want to do, and then try to think of everything that goes into it, you're going to fucking overwhelm yourself. So you need to start small, even though you might want to start big because you're so excited. That excitement is good. But if you do start big, like you want to do in your initial excitement, you will get totally burnt out. You've got to start smaller and actually take the steps. You have to take the steps up. You can't start at the top and then try to like fucking jump all the way down. You're going to fucking fall and break your legs and neck. Like you just, you have to start at the bottom. You can see the top, but you got to start at the bottom. You can't try to start at the top and jump down. You will be paralyzed. So (laughs) just throwing that out there. And you have to make sure that throughout this time management that you are setting boundaries and sacrificing things both for yourself and with other people. So boundaries this year are a whole nother level because everyone's setting boundaries of no, I'm quarantining. No, I'm not wearing a mask. No, I am wearing a mask. This is my opinion. This shouldn't be political, but it is political. And boundaries have taken a whole nother turn this year 
and maybe it's helped you get out of your comfort zone because this is your literal physical safety. And so, hey, maybe the practice of saying, no, I'm, I need you to wear a mask and I won't be seeing anyone in public, I'm quarantining, maybe that's helped you set boundaries other ways in your life. But you've got to, with your time management, sacrifice certain things and get comfortable with setting boundaries both with yourself and other people. When I'm saying boundaries in terms of other people, you know, I mean, that is the basic saying no, is that if other projects come up that you feel comfortable saying no to them. If someone says, hey, do you want to hang out? And they're in your quarantine group that's safe and you have agreed upon boundaries, but you want to work on a creative project that you can say no. You can say no to other people's projects or other people's plans without feeling guilty. And you've got to be forward with those no's. Not just sitting there and be like, I don't know, I don't think I can, I'm not sure. But owning them for yourself. Don't put yourself down. This is your creative passion and you deserve to put time to it. And your friends who are truly your friends will understand that. So don't just like shrink in a corner and say, no, I don't want to take on that project, this other thing. I'm going to do this other thing. Or no, I'm sorry, I don't want to hang out. I want to really work on my book. Your true friends will understand that and any client that's not toxic will understand that and go do research to find someone else. You've got to be forward with your nose and say, no, I'm sorry, my docket's already full. Maybe we can look at it in this year or no, I'm sorry, that's not something that fits into my creative expertise. Here's a few references that you might want to look into them. And it's a, if it's a friend saying, no, I really want to work on my book. Maybe we can hang out next weekend. Or just, no, I want to work on my book. <laughs> you don't have to say excuses. You don't have to bend. You can sometimes just say no without feeling guilty. But don't shrink yourself in a corner because your creative projects, they do not deserve to be shrunk. Now, when we talk about sacrifice and boundaries with yourself, that is a lot of, you know, Maybe after work, you just want to go freaking get some hot chocolate with whiskey and watch some holiday movies. But you need to say, dude, it's only five o'clock. <laughs> you don't need to drink yet. It's also uh, Wednesday. You don't need to be drinking yet. And you can spend an hour or two doing the creative project that you know once you get started. Because even though we love it, let's be real, sometimes it's still hard to get your mind into that creative space and into that really passionate productivity. It's still tough. Just because we love it doesn't mean it's easy to get our mind there. And sometimes you have to make that decision to sacrifice a task that you were maybe going to do to actually work on your creative project. It's honestly sometimes the hardest thing to do. It, the hardest thing is really both saying no to distractions that you want to maybe say yes to, and also saying no to yourself when you're like, oh, I couldn't just like, you know, do it tomorrow and like, I don't need to rush it. Like I could just, you know, watch like the holiday for like the third time. <laughs> You've got to sacrifice, you got to be realistic. It's, it's necessary. But at the same time, when we, you know, when I mentioned starting small, another point of that is focus on one thing at a time. Maybe you can skip a step or two and do a couple things at once, but we all know it's easier to go up the fucking stairs if you take it one step at a fucking time. So start with one thing at a time when it comes to your creative project. 
I definitely work on multiple creative projects at one time. So I'm not saying you can only work on one project at a time because for me, that's just, it's not realistic. And I like jumping between mediums. Like if I'm writing my book, but I'm sick of like the long form writing a novel and I just want to kind of jot down more of my feelings or express myself with watercolor, I'm going to switch to my poetry work, you know? Sometimes it's good to have a couple projects going so that the the projects all stay kind of fresh. When I say one thing at a time, I mean with one project, focus on one thing. So for instance, with my book, I'm just literally going to be writing it one chapter at a time. I'm not going to be editing it right now. I'm not going to be looking up promotion or how I want to sell it. I'm just going to write it right now. And the next step will be editing. And with my poetry, I am, again, I am just trying to write it and do watercolor to go with it. I am not looking at how I want to publish it. or I'm, And I'm also not looking at how I want to transfer my watercolor onto a screen, you know, using something like InDesign. I'm not even looking at it right now. That's for another time. I am focusing right now on the creation process and the rest will come. Do one thing at a time for each project so that you stay focused because if you go in all different directions on a project, then nothing will 100% get done. You won't stay focused and then you'll be frustrated because you think that doing a few different things with one project that, oh, it'll all just slowly get done. But honestly, when you put that much on your plate, you just get burnt out because your brain is going so many different directions at one time. You gotta stay focused and to continue with your productivity, you've gotta focus on one thing per creative project at a time. With your time management, another huge thing that I am for sure guilty of is wasting your weekends. And for the record, sleeping and napping is not a waste, which I have to tell myself frequently, but sleeping is not a waste. If you work especially an eight to five, nine to five, 40 plus hours a week, and you wanna sleep it on the weekend, you fucking sleep in. That, you deserve that. Sleep in. But if you realize all you do every weekend is binge watch the 2004 Bachelorette seasons with all the frosty, frosty, frosty 2004 makeup, then maybe you need to reprioritize. If you do nothing during the day and drink at night, maybe you need to prioritize. I know on the weekends we want to relax and recharge, but there is such thing as too much recharging where we all just become complete lazy couch potatoes. So do not waste the weekends completely. Even if it's only a couple hours after your coffee from like two to four on a Saturday that you work on your creative project, it's something. Spend time with one of your creative projects at least a weekend for a couple hours. Again, it's gonna be hard to get in that mindset when maybe all you wanna do is just completely turn your brain off, but man, will your weekend feel so good and feel like you just went through like a creative therapy session if you just kind of do that little push to actually do your creative project on the weekend instead of just completely vegging out the whole entire time. During the week, it's definitely going to be harder. And for me, after I get off work, you know, I'm going to try to do some cute things like maybe bake in the kitchen or something like that to make myself feel good and fulfill my life because you don't want to live for the weekends. But I want to do things towards kind of like my life and hobbies, not necessarily my creative projects because that's still work. And 
I just want to do something where my mind's gone. Like, you know, like for me, baking, when you're just kind of like looking at the task and then you make something and you're like, whoa, shit, cool. Something that lets you just kind of release and isn't necessarily productive in your eyes, but isn't just vegging out in front of the TV. For instance, the other day, my husband and I were like, you know what, let's hang these curtains. You know, it's just, yeah, it's counted as productive, but it's just something like, you know what, this is part of our life. We need to do this. It's not productive in the sense of business or something I want to put out there as a professional. It's, you know, part of your life. Uh, You can't count everything as productivity. Sometimes it's just part of life and you've got to live your life during the week. And so if your passion projects do take a back seat during the week, that's okay because it's more important that you're living your life during the week and not only living it on the weekends. But if you are looking for ways to kind of add in your creative project during the week, try lunch. I personally don't normally do my creative projects during lunch because I just really like to separate my creative work and work work. (laughs) But um, I have definitely taken lunch breaks where I work out. And so that's where my productivity is because that is something where I can just release my brain, get something checked off my to-do list during work hours and it feels good. But I know someone that I do work with a lot of times during his lunch, he is a, a professional animator and he makes amazing cartoons. So a lot of times because he does get so burnt out after work because his job is similar to his passion project where my job and my passion projects are very different in a sense and you know his role as an animator at work is similar to his passion projects which are more cartoon animation like actually literally creating cartoons and like shorts but you know more marketing at his job more creative you know in his project but it's literally like the same work. So when he's done with work, he's like, oh my God, I just don't want to stare at After Effects anymore. So a lot of times during lunch to like keep his creative juices flowing at work, he will actually spend time on his animations that he's working on for his cartoon shorts, which is super cool. And I love watching them. And so that is something that, you know, if you take a working lunch, you can just get, you know, an hour done a day. And that's That is amazing, and that is something to be proud of if you do even once a week, honestly. But you still have to be realistic to yourself, with with yourself. You cannot get obsessed with being busy. And I think a lot of us figure that out this year, which is, you know, again, the joy of the boredom that we realized, dude, the whole being busy thing was bullshit. That's not how I wanna live my life. That's not the right way to live our lives. And we're one of the only countries that really is so obsessed with being busy and with the hustle, another buzzword. Hustle, side hustle, this hustle, 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 hustle. And we realized the hustle's not freaking worth it. And so again, I've hoped you found what creative projects are worth it, you know, that aren't just a hustle. It really gives you value into your life. And that's another reason why you have to be realistic about where it works best for you in your life, in your work week, on your weekend, to work on your creative projects. And the key to that is still back to the beginning, focusing on the why. For instance, when I'm writing my poetry, if I've been watching a show and get some inspiration and type some stuff in my phone, I'm like, all right, Mallory, why don't you turn off the TV now that this episode's over? Because you clearly were inspired. Look at your notes and see if you can actually like write a little bit of poetry from that right now. You're clearly inspired. Turn off the TV and just like play around with it for a second. 
And then you can go on, you know, watching TV again in an hour if you want. But like take the cue from your own mind and go check on it. Because in reality, am I feeling re relaxed watching TV and recharging? Yes. But I'm also not getting that natural therapy, that dopamine, that serotonin. I'm not getting that from watching TV. But if I go spend time actually writing a poem, I'm not only going to be moving forward in my creative project, but I'm going to literally be getting therapy through writing. I am going to feel so much better afterwards, and I'm going to get a lot of that nice little dopamine boost. So focus on the why you do the creative projects, and that will also, it'll help you be realistic of where you can fit it into your day, and it can help you focus on, I don't just do this to, to produce. I don't just do this to produce. I do this because it also affects me in A, B, and C ways and brings value to my life. When I am watching shows or in a public place, I use my notepad on my phone like a crazy person. I definitely am a huge note taker and to-do list person in general, but I definitely am on my phone creating little notepad notes all the time when I get ideas. So no matter where you are when you're working, whether it's a studio or a corporate office or a home office, a huge tip I have for you is to keep notebooks or some kind of notepad or use your phone, but keep physical notebooks that you want sketchbooks, your phone close by so that if you're at your job or you're watching TV, if you get an idea that you can write it down. I know people say like, oh, keep a notebook by your bed if you have a dream and you can write it down or an idea. But this is more legit. <laughs> you're living your life, but that doesn't mean that just because you're nine to five that your brain is turned off to your creative project. You're, it's, it's running in the back all the time. Your inspiration is triggered constantly. So have some kind of notebook or notepad whether it's physical or electronic, I've got both. I've got a physical notebook for the poetry and I use my phone like electronic stuff for like ideas or quick jot downs. But if you have a sketchbook or a notebook or your phone, keep that by you when you're at work. Keep that by you when you're doing other activities so that you can jot down ideas. Maybe some of us don't want to like look weird and pull out a notebook out of our purse, like just like walking around in our life with a mask on. But if you, so if you're not comfortable with like carrying around a notebook, like literally just use your cell phone. There's notepad, like jot the idea down. You have no excuse. You have a cell phone. You have an electronic notepad with you at all times. So make sure you jot down those ideas, especially if you're at work. No, you can't be productive in your creative project when you're at work. And maybe you're sitting at your desk like, holy fuck, I wish I was at home doing my creative project. But if you have ideas, you can at least be jotting them down and make sure you do that so they are not lost. And that still counts as working towards your creative project. Even if you're in your nine to five, you can still get inspiration and jot those ideas down. And that's still going to push you that much further to completing your creative project. One of the huge things that we talk about on this podcast a lot as well when it comes to self-care is support from friends. Now, maybe your creative project is working with another partner. And, you know, I have to say when it comes to boundaries and partners, I prefer to work on my creative projects alone because it really is a therapy thing for me, which is a lot because I'm a writer <laughs> and most writers are that way. But a lot of you who are creatives, you know, actually work more with your partners for your part for your passion projects, you know, especially if you're in some kind of industry where 
you know, like film where, you know, you might write, you might direct, you might want to do video, like you're not going to do all the things. You need a team to create something like a film. So if you have partners or a partner that you work with, my only thing is definitely make sure you set boundaries with them. And if they end up not working as hard as you or they just aren't as passionate at you, be comfortable being like, you know, I think I'm going to move forward with this on my own and then find another person. I know that's easier said than done, but just make sure that if your passion project is being completed with the partner, that that's not hindering you either. And you know what? If you're the partner who's hindering it, be honest with yourself and with your partner because you're only you're you're hurting your partner, which I know you don't want to do and it's disrespectful, but you're hurting yourself by forcing yourself to put time and energy into something that maybe you're no longer passionate about. So check on your partner relationships and your creative projects and do that frequently to make sure everyone in the group is still passionate about it. But with my friends, I don't necessarily work on things directly with them, but I have a great little like unofficial support group where we like to bounce ideas off each other and help each other out with editing once in a while, especially my friend Alicia. She's a producer and director and lets me read her scripts. I know I've talked about her again on this podcast, but she will a lot of times let me read her scripts to get my opinion and just bounce ideas, which whether she takes my opinions or not, oh my God, it's so much fun for me. I love reading them. I love being part of that video production space. It's so much fun. And then same for me is when I'm writing my book because it is so personal and she both knows me and knows, you know, good writing. I'll sometimes bounce some chapters off her. And, you know, one of her tips was, girl, you need to dive deeper. And that was huge. And I needed to hear that. So sometimes it's not always about having a partner that's in the creative project with you, but making sure that you do have a support group, that you have a group of friends who have their own passion projects that you fuel each other. And I know a lot of times it's hard to ask for accountability. If you're like me, I like making plans to cancel them. And I can't tell you how many times with how many friends I've been like, hey, let's keep each other accountable for like working out. Oh my God, so many times. And it's no one ever wants to actually do that because <laughs> everyone wants to be able to cheat on their workout and their meals when they want. But when I'm saying accountability from a self-care standpoint of fulfilling and moving forward in your creative projects, it's just having a support group with your friends to just get excited together. The accountability doesn't need to be make sure you get this done and make sure you get that done. The accountability needs to make sure that you guys keep your passion fueling, that you bounce different mediums and ideas on each other so you can gain inspiration from other areas that maybe you don't work on yourself, like how I will look at Alicia's films and she'll look at my book and novel writing. Use the accountability term with your small group about, hey, I'm keeping you accountable to make sure that you're doing your creative project in general, but that you're still excited about it. Because it's it's not about saying, hey, uh, friend, have you been working on this lately? It's It's about pushing that excitement. Like, hey, how is this going? Like, I'd love to see what you're doing. It's getting excited about your projects together that will naturally create that accountability without actually using the icky word and putting like to-do list dates on it like it's a formal corporate project. Accountability, take that word out and turn it into excitement. 
your friends, if you have a good support group of creative friends, they will naturally keep you accountable without you even realizing it because you'll just be getting excited about each other's projects and fueling each other to push forward and saying, you can do it. This is awesome. Can I edit anything? And you'll just naturally help each other. So having that support group is huge for self-care, for staying passionate about your creative project, and to actually push forward with it when it gets harder, even when you want to do it so bad and you love the work, when the work feels like work, because it still will sometimes. The biggest thing, and I think you probably already know this, but the biggest thing when it comes to your creative project is be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. You need to make sure that instead of creating all these checkpoints of I need to get this done at this date and this done at this date, that you're just creating and that when you are really productive that you reward yourself and when you're really low that you say, you know what, that's okay. I'm only working on my own time and I'm going to just take care of myself this week, which is exactly what I did last week. You just need to make sure if you want to really protect your time and your vision then you've got to actually first and foremost be kind to yourself and you cannot forget your why of why you are doing this and why you love this. Because if you forget the why because you're not being kind to yourself and not practicing self-care, then your creative project will fall through the cracks or it'll just never get done even though you truly want it to. You've got to make sure you're nice to yourself, you reward yourself, but you also forgive yourself so that you continue towards the why and finishing that creative project. (sighs) That felt like a breath of fresh air to get out. I don't know about you guys, but I needed that, especially after last week. I really needed a reminder myself. So I really appreciate you listening and taking the time to be with me today that was, you know, kind of a, a group support therapy session. <laughs> there you go. There's a creative group support system therapy session for you. Definitely took a lot off of my chest. So I hope listening to it that my voice was relaxing enough in the background to help you feel excited about your project and remember your why and the passion behind your creative project. So with that... I do want to, of course, give a shout out this week, as always. And this week, my shout out is actually going to be, if those of you who have heard of Christine McConnell, anyone who's, you know, obsessed with like macabre things or like my favorite thing, I like to say I'm I'm morbidly whimsical. I like whimsical things that like look happy and cheery, but then you look closer and you're like, damn, that's dark. Christine McConnell is this insanely amazing creative that I've been obsessed with. I have one of her um, recipe books and she got popular on Instagram because she would create all of these amazing, gorgeous like confections and cakes that are just so elaborate and detailed. It's insane. But then they'd always also be creepy, like the freaking, you know, alien from, well, you know, alien. (laughs) And so they'd be super, super dark but gorgeous and like in beautiful pastel colors and that's how she really got famous and she would photograph all of her creations as well and like funny scenes and it was fabulous and she made a recipe book 
she had a most recently a show on Netflix and if you haven't seen it I watched it for the second time during quarantine and it definitely made me feel super comfy and give me all the nice little feels that I needed I mean come on we get like dark macabre mixed with also you know baking and baking shows always relax my brain and her voice is so calming I she also has a YouTube channel where she shows off some of her projects and no joke she's the only person that I pay patreon for because I love seeing all of her patreon videos it's so it's beyond worth it and she's literally I I subscribe to a lot of people but she's the only person that I actually belong to her patreon for her youtube videos I'm obsessed but if you need I want to shout out to her she's been an inspiration to so many for so long but I mean, you will be blown away if you haven't seen her with her home projects or furniture projects, woodworking, baking. I mean, this woman does everything. It's literally insane. Sewing, I just can't even believe the amount of talent. Like I, it's, I couldn't, I know I'll never like achieve that in my life. And it's crazy to see that this is just like, oh, she's just so good and she loves it. She's so good at it. So I definitely suggest at least taking some quarantine time to at least check out the Netflix show. Um, I'm horrible and I already forgot the name. Curious something of Christine McConnell. Anyway, it's so fucking good. Look it up. And her voice is so relaxing. So you'll not only get a little macabre, but you'll get some whimsical. You'll get to see a lot of, I mean, each thing not only has a cute little story that almost has like a little kind of 80s twist with the puppets. It's so funny. But it also, um, she shows you different projects and each, each episode, usually multiple projects. So it's pretty fantastic. So it's a nice little DIY show and it's very relaxing and cheeky. So I definitely recommend it for some personal self-care of, of watching TV, but you know, you're also looking at maybe a list of creative projects you want to try. So definitely check out Christine McConnell. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will be back next week, and I'm going to be talking a little bit of pop culture. Who's seen The Queen's Gambit? hey oh! If you haven't, check it out, because that's what I'm going to be talking about next week, because you got to talk a little bit of amazing women in pop culture on a podcast that celebrates, well, career-driven amazing women and helping you guys with self-care. So have an amazing week. I will be thinking of all of you, and I hope that you have an even better weekend than the week you have probably had. And let's start 2020 with self-care. And we don't have to end 2020 strong. We just we just need to get get through it together and start 2021 with at least a roadmap of knowing what's important to us. So and with that, continue enjoying your boredom. And don't forget to leave your mark.